Hallelujah. You, you may be seated. Praise God. Glory to God. We're going to go ahead and get into the Word of God tonight. We started a little series called Your Source of Supply, Our Source of Supply. We're going to go ahead and teach a little bit along those lines again tonight. So if you'd open your Bibles to the book of Galatians, the fourth chapter, and we'll look at verse 7. Galatians, the fourth chapter, and the seventh verse. Amen. Galatians, the fourth chapter, and the seventh verse says, Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. I want you to pay particular attention to that statement, that we are heirs of God through Christ. The New Living Translation says it this way, Since you are his child, everything he has belongs to you. And so we have been born out of darkness into the kingdom of God, and you and I are heirs by birth. And he has provided all things that pertain to life and godliness for his heirs. Now go over to Romans, the eighth chapter, and notice this verse 14 through 17. Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 17. It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Is it important for us to be led by the Spirit of God in this day and in this hour? Now remember a little while we taught on Sunday morning and we all were declaring that we are always in the right place at the right time. And that's what the Holy Spirit will lead you into. When you follow Him and you communion with Him and your heart is sold out to the Lord Jesus Christ and you're expecting him to lead you and guide you, he will see to it that your steps always take you into the right place at the right time. Amen? Amen? And so, no sense of us getting outside of the will of God and living stupidly and doing our own thing and going our own way. We need to be going God's way 100% of the time. Amen? Amen. And so... In Romans 8, 14, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, you don't know how many times He's led you out of danger. I mean, you're not even aware of it. But I believe there'll come a day when we'll all understand and realize just how many times He saved you. How many times He's led you out of an accident. How many times He's led you to go the other way. Amen? Or how many times He's checked you in your spirit not to make a certain investment or not to do a certain thing. Are not to have a certain relationship with a certain person. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Say we thank God for the Holy Ghost. Amen. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The word sons there is mature. Maturity in Christ Jesus, those who are mature in the Lord, will be led by the Spirit of God. Now notice verse 15. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. When you're full of the Holy Ghost, you don't have to be afraid of anything. He didn't give you a spirit of fear. But he gave you a spirit of power. Amen? Holy Ghost power. Dunamis power. Devil blowing up power. He gave you a spirit of power. He said you shall receive power. Not before, but after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. How many here tonight got the Holy Ghost? Yeah. 
has he come upon you? Oh, thank you, Lord. And so he, you've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father, or Daddy, Daddy, or Good, Good, Father. The Spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. I believe that this inward witness on the inside of you will lead you and guide you to make the right decisions in life. Oh, hallelujah. Himself lives on the inside of you. And he will bear witness with your spirit on the way you should go and what you should do. Amen. Now notice in verse 17. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ... If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. So notice with me that we are heirs of God and that we are joint heirs with Jesus. We talked Sunday morning how that we've been raised up together and made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Literally what that means is that you and I have joint seating with him. Oh, man, that gives you and I a great advantage because from that place in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, you will be able to see things no one else can see. You'll be able to know things no one else can know. Why? Because you have that vantage point. It is the believer's advantage. To be one with him and him to be one with you and him to be able to show you things and reveal things to you. Say it with me, the spirit of seeing and the spirit of knowing is on me. Hallelujah. He'll show you what you need to see. He'll reveal to you what you need to know. Oh, glory to God. Joint seating with him. In union with Him. One with Him. Oh, praise God. And so we see then that we're heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Now look over at Colossians chapter 1. And notice with me in verses 12 and 13. Just lay a little foundation here before we get into the crux of the message. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12 and verse 13. Says this. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us able or meet to be partakers of the saints and of the inheritance of the saints in light. Now read verse 13 with me. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. But in verse 12 it says that you and I are partakers of a glorious inheritance. That's what heirs receive. Heirs receive inheritances. And this inheritance is twofold. You will inherit wonderful and glorious things that pertain to this life on this side. But oh, when you get to heaven, your inheritance doesn't stop. Oh, thank you, Lord. So this inheritance that you and I have been given is an inheritance of Great, great significance for you in your daily walk down here. A lot of people want to put it off until we all get to heaven. Now, thank God I'm looking forward to going to heaven. How about you? 
But you know, thank God we don't have to partake of that inheritance until we get to heaven. We can partake right now. Now let's look over at Galatians chapter 3. Galatians the third chapter. And notice with me in verse 13 and 14. Galatians the third chapter, verses 13 and 14. Says this, Christ has, past tense, already redeemed you from the curse of the law. Thank God you can't curse and God is blessed. I'm looking at a blessed group here tonight. Nobody can put a curse on you. Jesus took the curse for you. He became a curse for you. So don't let anybody tell you they're going to put some sort of voodoo curse on you. You just laugh at, at, at the devil and just say, you can't curse whom God has blessed. I'm the blessed of the Lord. Amen. Christ has redeemed me. He's redeemed you from the curse of the law. Now notice, being it made a curse for us, for it is written, curses everyone that hangeth on a tree. Now notice, that the blessing, the blessing, or the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles, might come on your life through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now drop down to verse 29, and we'll notice what it says here, and I'll read it from another translation. In verse 29 in the King James it says, And if you be Christ, or since you be Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. And you are an heir according to the promise. The New Living Translation says, And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. What this is saying to us tonight is that we are heirs and God's promise to Abraham belongs to us. Hallelujah. We are heirs, we are joint heirs, and God's promise belongs to you. What does that mean? It simply means this, that everything that God promised him belongs to you, and it has been passed down to you through the Lord Jesus Christ. Say it with me real strong. Abraham's blessing blessing is mine. mine. Now let's say it like this. Abraham's blessing blessing is my inheritance. inheritance. It's your inheritance. It belongs to you. You see, that's when we were blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Somebody says, well... Pastor Mark, now, I know that Abraham's blessing is mine, and I know that I have an inheritance, but how do I get this blessing to operate in my life? You know, that's a perfectly legitimate question, isn't it? It absolutely is. That's something all, all of us need to know. Now, why is that? Because in this blessing is anything and everything that you'll ever need in this life. There's healing in the blessing. There's prosperity in the blessing. There's dominion in the blessing. Hallelujah. There is health for your spirit, for your soul, and your body. There's the peace of God that passes all understanding, and it is in the blessing. And in Galatians 3, uh, 14, it explains to us in one short phrase how... We operate and get this to function in our life. Look at verse 14 again of Galatians chapter 3. 
It is through faith that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through what? Those two simple words are the key to the blessing door. I'm going to say it again. Those two simple words, through faith, they are the key to the blessing door. Through faith. Not through your good looks. And not through your works. Not through your education or lack thereof. Not through the color of your skin. Not by your area code, nor by your zip code. This blessing does not come through you being a good trooper. It does not come by your good works. I believe in good works. I believe in living right, don't you? But through faith is the key that opens, hallelujah, the blessing door. Is it not through faith that you were born again? And you became the seed of Abraham. And it is through faith that you became an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And so if you want to keep this blessing active in your life, continuously believe it and declare it and act as if it was yours. I mean, even before you see anything show up in your life. Even before the body turns from sickness to health, you just act on what you believe and you receive the blessings of God. I woke up this morning with this thought in mind that faith is simply acting on what you believe. Smith Wigglesworth used to walk around when he would preach and he would say, faith is an act. Faith is an act. He's an Englishman. And it sounded like he was saying hacked, but he was saying faith is an act. Faith is an act. He knew that if he could get the congregation that he was ministering to, to act out on their faith, that miracles would happen. And I'm telling you, through faith is the key to miracles in your life. Faith acts on what one believes. If you believe that you are healed, then act as if you were healed. If you believe that you are debt free, then act as if you were debt free. If you believe that you do not have a care and you've been declaring that you don't have a care and that you're full of the peace of God, then act like a person would act that has no fear and that is full of the peace of God. Amen. Faith is acting on what you believe. If you believe that you have favor with God, but not only with God and with man, then act as if you have favor. How does a person act like they have favor? They don't tiptoe around through life all cowered down and condemned and intimidated by people around them. No, they got their shoulders back. They know who they are in Christ. They know that they are a favorite of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And they are just expecting favor to show up everywhere they go. Say it with me. Faith is acting 
on what you believe. Hallelujah. You're looking at a guy tonight that has favor with God and man. You're looking at a man tonight, and I'm looking at a congregation tonight, that windows, hallelujah, of light are coming our way. Doors of opportunities are opening to us every day. And not only that, but streams of provision are coming our way. Somebody says, I wish I could believe that. You better start believing it. Start believing it. It is through faith. Hallelujah. Well, somebody says, well, I just don't, I don't see that. I, I, I think being blessed has more to do with keeping God's rules. It has more to do with, you know, keeping his rules and, and living legalistically under the law. You know, people say, well, if you keep his rules, you'll be blessed. If you don't, you won't. You know, thinking that way won't get you very far in life. No matter how hard you try, no matter how hard you work your way into the blessing, it won't get it. Listen, it's God's gift to his kids. And favor and blessing just cannot be earned. It can't be earned. So some of you need to stop trying to earn it. Romans chapter 4, let's look at verses 2 through 5 and then verses 13 and 14. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Activate the blessing through faith-filled words. Activate the blessing through faith-filled actions. And the blessings of God will come upon you and overtake you. But sit idly by and wait for the blessing to come your way without any action. You'll be waiting and waiting and waiting for something to happen. But if you'll walk by faith and not by sight and declare what I've said unto you, you will see the glory of the Lord show up in your life. Romans 4 verses 2 through 5 says, For if Abraham were justified by works... He has whereof to glory, but not before God. Verse 3, for what says the scripture, Abraham, what did he do? He believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Verse 4, now to him that worketh is a reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. Verse 5, but to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. And then notice with me verses 13 and 14. In verse 13 it says, For the promise that he should be heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law or through works, but through the righteousness of what? Through the righteousness of faith. Verse 14. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void... And the promise is made of none effect. I think we should read verse 15 and 16. Let's put it up there. Verse 15. Let's read it together. Because the law worketh wrath, for where no law is, there is no transgression. Verse 16. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. How do we access the blessing? Through faith. The grace of God contains the blessing for you. 
It says, therefore, it is of faith that it, read with me, that it might be by grace to the end the promise might be sure. Woo! Sure! To all the seed. Not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Oh, glory to God. Abraham's blessings are ours. And we access the blessing through faith. Amen. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Now, I'm looking at a group of people that I've taught for many, many years, and, and you know that you're supposed to be living right. Amen. Amen. Even though you've failed, and even though you've missed it, and even though you've messed up, you've asked God to forgive you, right? Amen. So those things are under the blood, right? Amen. So there is therefore now no condemnation to them that you're in Christ Jesus. Why? Because we're not walking after the flesh here. We're walking after the Spirit. Amen? Amen. And this law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is making us continuously free from the law of sin and death. Amen? Amen? And so, understand this. When we look at the blessing of Abraham, this is something that we can take a look closely at and we can just glean absolute truth from this. And we can say, yeah, me too, me too, that's mine. Me too, me too, me too. Amen? Through faith. All right, so let's take a look at this. Tonight in Deuteronomy chapter 28. And we're going to begin at verse 6. And I want to remind you what God spoke to Abraham. He says, Abraham, I have blessed you in order that you may be, that you may be a blessing. And then he defines what that blessing is. And he says, Part of that blessing is to be a blessing, which means that I have called you to be a dispenser of good to other people. A distributor of the goodness of God. A carrier of the glory of God. I mean, wherever we go, he goes. And wherever the Holy Ghost goes, we go with him. Amen? And so when we walk into a situation things change. Now notice in Deuteronomy 28, and look at some verses here in verses 3 through 6. It says, Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the what? Now Brenda grew up in the field. She was a farm girl. She grew up on the farm. She was blessed in the field. But when she met a city boy and moved to the city, she was blessed in the city. Amen. Blessed shalt thou be in the city. Amen. Blessed shalt thou be in Oakland. And blessed shalt thou be in the San Joaquin Valley. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body. That's your kids. That's your grandbabies. And the fruit of your ground. In other words, wherever God has called you to sow, whatever vocation that you have been called into, and you are in God's place of God's grace, the ground is blessed. Amen. Woo! Glory to God. The business is blessed. And the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind. I like that word increase. How about you? And the flocks of thy sheep. 
Blessed shall be thy basket, thy checking account, and thy savings accounts. Blessed shall thou be when thou comest in. And blessed shall thou be whoo, when thou goest out. So now notice this. Let's break this down just a minute. We're blessed in the city and blessed in the field. That means wherever you are, you are blessed. Blessed in the fruit of your body, your ground, your cattle, your kind, your flocks. Whatever you do, you are blessed. Blessed in your basket and your store, whatever you have is blessed. And blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out, wherever you go is blessed. That's your inheritance. Hallelujah. I'm blessed going to Pete's Coffee. I'm blessed in Fremont and I'm blessed in Union City. You're blessed in Hayward and you're blessed in San Leandro. You're blessed in Bangladesh. You're blessed coming in. You're blessed going out. You're blessed in San Francisco. And you are blessed wherever you are. Hallelujah. Say it with me real strong. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. (laughs) Woo. Hallelujah. We might just have a shouting time before we go home tonight. Glory to God. Whatever you put your hand to will prosper. That's what the book of Psalms says. Let me take a quick side journey there. You keep your finger over there. I'm going to look at Psalms 1. Just remind you of something real quickly. The first Psalm, it says, Blessed. <laughs> Blessed. Hallelujah. One preacher said it like this. I'm so blessed, the blessed people call me blessed. Blessed is the man, verse 1, that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. You're a blessed man when you don't listen to fools. (laughs) Amen. And there are a whole lot of fools out there. Now, I'm not calling anybody specifically a fool, but the world is full of fools. And so you're blessed when you don't listen to fools. And you're blessed when you don't stand in the way of sinners. Just get out of their way. Amen. I mean, pray for them, but don't go to the bar with them. Don't hang with them. Nor sits in the seat of the scornful or the critical. But this blessed man, this blessed woman that we're talking about tonight is you. Our delight is in the Word of God. And in the Word of God, what do we do? We meditate, we chew, we feed, we speak, we talk to ourselves daily what the Word of God says. We remind ourselves of the benefits that belong to us. We do what the psalmist said, forget not all his benefits. We're meditating day and night. I woke up this morning just with him on my mind. There were other things on my mind yesterday I had to dump, I had to get rid of. But oh, hallelujah, when the dawn came, he was on my mind. Hallelujah. Just scriptures just begin to come. Spirit of encouragement begin to flow. Where did that come from? That came from the deposits that he had been placing on the inside of me for years. And that's so important 
to meditate on the Word of God on a regular basis, if you will feed your spirit faith when seemingly in the natural you don't need it, your spirit will feed your mouth faith when you do need it. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. Amen? So store up good things. His delight is in the law of the Lord. In his law does he meditate day and night. And he shall be wishy-washy. No, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. We are not about to burn out here. We believe in burning on. Retirement is not a part of my vocabulary, but refirement is. And I got Pastor Tom saying amen, amen, amen. Because you're going to hit the big 6-0 one of these days yourself. Hallelujah. I believe this. The older we get, the more fruitful we should be. The older we get, the more of a blessing we should be the more we should be dispensing words of life and words of encouragement to the younger generation around us. Amen? Amen. His leaf will not wither. Here's what I was getting to. Read the rest of it with me. And whatsoever he doeth, whatever you put your hand to under this blessing... And under the direction of the head of the church and the Holy Ghost, whatever you do will prosper. Whatever you do shall prosper. Hallelujah. Whatsoever he doeth, whatsoever this blessed man does shall prosper. Amen. Is that you? All right, let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 7. We're going to go right on through verse 14. We're not going to take all night, so get it and get it quick. In verse 7 it says, The Lord shall cause thy enemies that rise up against thee to be, I love that, to be smitten before thy face. They shall come against thee one way, and they shall... Flee before thee seven ways. Now, that word smitten there means suddenly, quickly, and with a decisive fate, with the intent to utterly conquer and destroy. God says, the enemy comes against you one way, I'm going to smite him suddenly, quickly. I'm going to take him to his fate and conquer him and literally put him on the run. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the blessing. He's smitten before thy face. How many of you have ever faced a real test and a real trial with people before? But God turned it around. You know what that is? That is the blessing on your life. And you'll discover this, that the more you walk in the blessing and the more you grow in the blessing, the quicker manifestations of the blessing will come in your life. 
They'll come on you. And they'll overtake you. And he will do some things quickly and suddenly just because he loves you. Just because you are his and he is yours. Amen. Glory to God. The message says this of the verse 7. The message says that God will defeat your enemies who attack you. They will come at you on one road and run away on seven roads. And so those enemies of lack and sickness and failure and worry and confusion and condemnation and fear, they will flee before you. Verse 8. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee. I love this. In your storehouses. We ought to have storehouses. Those that are blessed of God shall live under the commanded blessing of God. And when he commands a blessing on you, whoo, glory to God, you have been blessed. And in all you set your hand to, and he will bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. How many of you believe in for land? Believe in for a house? Believing for a place to occupy? Let's raise our hands and thank Him for our lands. Let's thank Him for our buildings. Say with me, we're getting our lands. We're getting our buildings. We're getting our vehicles. We're under the commanded blessing of the Lord. Hallelujah. How many of you really believe that? Hallelujah, we've seen it time and time and time again in this church. People didn't have a thing. Now they own their own building. Now they own their own home. It's the blessing of God. It's the goodness of God. Amen? The NLT says the Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do and will fill your storehouses with grain. The message says God will order a blessing on your barns. And your workplaces. God will order a blessing on your barns and your workplaces. Now notice verse 9 and 10. The Lord shall establish the unholy people unto himself. God wants us to live holy. Is that right? As he hath sworn unto thee. If thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God. That's walking in love and walk in his ways. And all the people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of thee. Now, this word establish in the Hebrew, where it says the Lord will establish thee in holy people, the word in, in the Hebrew is raised up to become a powerful people. God's raising up his sons, his daughters, his heirs to be a powerful people. The word holy there in the Hebrew means that we are set apart, that we are consecrated, that we are purified, and we have been protected from ruin. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood that should show forth the praises of him who's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Verse 10 in the message says this, And all the peoples on earth will see you are living under the name of God and they will hold you in respectful awe. 
No, they're not going to fall down and worship you, but they're going to be at awe of what the good, good Father has done for you. They're not going to be able to deny that the hand of the Lord is upon you for good. I love Keith Hersey's teaching. He says, the hand of the Lord is upon me. The hand of the Lord is upon me for good. Amen? Amen. And man, when the hand of the Lord is upon you, whoo, glory to God, no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. Now, verse 11. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods. Yeah, I said plenteous. In the fruit of your body, in the fruit of your cattle, and in the fruit of your ground, in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers to give thee. Now, that word plenteous there in the Hebrew means abundance. It means to have more than enough. It means excess. It means to have too much with much left over. How'd you like that? I'm going to read that definition again. I like it. Abundance means to have more than enough. Everyone say more than enough. enough. Excess. Excess. Too much. much. With much left over. He's a too much God. The Amplified says, And the Lord will make you have a surplus of prosperity. The message translation says that God will lavish you with good things. Why not? You're not going to let things have you, right? Lord, just lavish him with good things. He'll not withhold any good thing from you if you'll just walk uprightly before him. Amen. Amen. Verse 12. Let's read it together. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven to give the rain into thy land in his season, and to bless all the work of thine hand, and thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. Ooh, my. I'm looking forward to the day where I can burn the note. Burn that note. Hallelujah. Say, ha ha, devil, adios. Thank you, Jesus. Someone could walk through the door tonight with a bag full of millions of dollars. And that person just could be you down the road. I think we need to go from looking for the person with the bag to being the person with the bag. Amen? And that only can happen as he becomes our absolute, total, complete source. Walking in the blessing. You know, God, in these last days, he's going to use unlikely and unusual people. He will. I've seen it happen over the years. He just absolutely loves to confound the wisdom of this world by just using common Ordinary people like Paul, like Tony, like Vern, like you, like me. God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Let that sink down into your spirit. God will use you. God will use me. You know what he's looking for? 
He's just looking for us to be obedient. What's that one scripture over in Isaiah? It says, if you be what? Willing and obedient, you shall what? Amen. You know, you can be obedient without being willing and be robbed of the blessing. You've got to put both together. Say, so, Lord, I'm willing-hearted to do whatever you say to do, and at your command, at your leading, I'll do it obediently. Yeah. Amen. And so the blessing of that, or the byproduct of that, is you will be able to eat the good of the land. But we never go out and pursue the good of the land. We just pursue God. And God takes us to the good of the land. Yes, Amen? Amen? Why is it? Because he's good. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to I could be looking at some multimillionaires here tonight. Why not you? Why not you? Why not us? The Lord will open to thee his good treasure, the heaven to give rain in the land and the season. Bless all the work of thine hand. Thou shalt lend it to many nations. Thou shalt not borrow. And the message says this. God will throw open the doors of his sky bolts and pour rain on you. The Amplified says the Lord will open unto you his good treasury. The NLT says the Lord will send rain at the proper time from his rich treasury in the heavens and will bless the work that you do. You don't want to know what treasury in the Hebrew means? Treasury in the Hebrew literally means depository or armory. <laughs> the CEB says this. The Lord will open up for you his own well-stocked storehouse. The Lord will open unto you his well-stocked storehouse. Don't let that stump you. Don't, don't, don't try to figure it out up here. Just believe it down here. Let, let, it, let, it, let it settle down here. Let, let, it, let it cook down here. Amen? Don't try to figure out, well, how could that be? The blessing of God is how it can be. Well, who can do that for me? The one who blesses. Hallelujah. Just let it settle down in your spirit. And if you don't understand it, just keep coming back. Just keep feeding on the Word. Let God's Word dwell in you richly. And if you don't agree, that's okay too. God loves you, even if you are wrong. <laughs> Notice verse 13 and 14. <laughs> hallelujah. Let's say hallelujah three times. Hallelujah. 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 Verse 13 and 14, and we're closing. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. Thou shalt be what? Above only, and thou shalt not be. If thou hearken to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command thee this day to observe, to do them, and go not after aside from the words of the commandments from this day to the right or the left, and do not go after other gods to serve them. The NIV says this, 
you will always be at the top and never at the bottom. So we don't need other gods, do we? We don't need idolatry in our lives, do we? I believe the Spirit of the Lord is saying, all you need is me. I am the source of your prosperity, and I will supply every need in your life. Let's stand up. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Pastor Tom, if you would, please come to the piano. Amen. You know, you were fed tonight. You were fed some good word. Now, go like this with me. Let's just stir it up a little bit. Stir it up. What are you doing? You're mixing faith with what you heard. Hallelujah. Let's say it real strong tonight. I mix faith with the word that I've heard and the word that I will continually hear. I will immerse myself in God's word. And in God's word, I will live. And the blessing of the Lord is mine today. I am blessed to be a blessing. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I am the head. I am not the tail. I am above only and never beneath. I come behind in no good thing. I have supernatural favor. It's all over me. The favor of God is on me and it's going before me. Windows of light. Revelation is coming to my heart. And every day, doors of opportunities are coming my way. And I declare that my great provider brings streams of provision in my life.